I'm Olivia. And I'm Josh. And welcome to our Monsters, Masks, and Mommy Issues podcast. Each week, we'll review both classic and underground horror films from the 1950s and beyond. We'll also share our thoughts and some interesting facts about each film, as well as some controversial theories that have plagued fans for decades. So lock all your doors. Count all your kitchen knives. And join us as we take a wrong turn into horror cinema. Warning, these episodes contain spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Monsters, Masks, and Mommy Issues. Today is episode six, and we have the pleasure of reviewing Black Christmas today. And you may hear in the background, we actually asked the local church to play their bells for about an hour now, uh, and they they are more than happy to. So you might hear a little bit of ringing in the background. It actually kind of sets the scene. It's actually very pretty sound. We just didn't expect it in the background, but it's very nice. And it it plays into uh, the film that we are so excited to review. Also, we have a little bit of a snowstorm behind us too. So um, it's kind of the perfect weather, I think, to review Black Christmas uh, from 1974. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I am excited too. Um, This is one of my absolute favorite horror movies, uh, and we'll get into why. But I thought I would just give you a little details about the film, even though I think we watch this one every year. Um, So this is Black Christmas. This is 1974. So we are not reviewing the two remakes that were made. Uh, One was made in 2006, and one was actually made, uh, or I'm sorry, released this year. Uh, We are not reviewing those films. I have no actual interest in watching those films. Um, When it's done perfectly, why... Why yeah, reinvent the there's wheel? no way they could be better than the original. Absolutely not. I think the the remake we were just talking about 2020 is supposed to be, you know, the the sorority sisters fight back, which is a cool concept. Totally love that. But it just call it something else. It's not Black Christmas. So that's just my take yeah. on that. So we're not reviewing that one. We are reviewing the classic and original from 1974. This was actually released on December 20th, 1974. So this was very close to Christmas. The director is Bob Clark. Now, would you like to read or hear a synopsis of this film? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay, so this one comes from IMDb. IMDb, it's very short and sweet. During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Leaves it a little open. Wow, very open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This next one comes from Prime, which is, again, where we watched it. The college town of Bedford is receiving an unwelcoming guest this Christmas. As the residents of Sorority House Pi Kappa Sigma prepare for the festive season, a stranger begins to stalk the house. Yeah, that's that's a good one. A little bit uh, closer. Now, I have quite a few interesting facts about this film. I was very excited reading them. There are tons. I did not include all of them. Um, Maybe during the discussion they'll come up. I, I kind of just included ones selfishly that I thought you and I would find the most interesting. Yeah, good, because, um, I don't know, I feel like with a lot of the movies we review, sometimes it's hard to find interesting facts, you know, they're so underground. Mm-hmm. and This one, I knew there was going to be some goodies, did and you? it did not disappoint. Good. So a lot of these um, I collected from the World Wide Web. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. Yeah, you can get a lot of information. You can send letters to people. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very interesting, but I was able to find a little bit, a little bit from IMDb, a little bit from other sources, so... For the first interesting fact, did you know this was a Canadian slasher film? Mm. I did not know they were in Canada. 
You know, actually, I think I did know that. Did you? I okay. did know that. Yep. So this was actually released in the fall uh, in Canada, and it was a huge hit. Everybody loved it over there. Warner Brothers picked it up, and they distributed the film in the United States that December. Yep. Actually, I did know that because there are, if you look it up, there's a couple different, well, there might even be more than a couple, but um, movie covers. And there's a couple different ones floating around. So once you see that, you know it was made in another country, and mm-hmm. then the U.S. you know, released it with a different cover. Right. It did not do as well in the U.S. as it did in Canada, but obviously it has become a cult classic that everybody, no one loves now. Yeah. So, so it came it's like out. A delayed in, success. So it came out December 20th, 1974 in Canada? In the U.S. It oh, came out okay. in October of that same year in Canada. Oh, Warner okay. Bro- because Warner Brothers saw the success it had in Canada, they released it in the United States, didn't do as well. Okay. So it had really good success in October when it came out, and then they're like, wow. Let's they, get it over here, and right. it did not work. But there's a huge cult following today that we yeah. are a part of. Okay. So uh, it's doing much better, but it didn't do that successfully when it first came out. So Smarty Pants, you knew it was in Canada. You might not know this one. The film has not one, not two, but three different titles. Would you like to hear them? Yeah, let's hear them. So obviously you know Black Christmas. That's yep. the one that won out. Uh, so it was director Bob Clark who came up with the title Black Christmas. Uh, he said that he liked the irony of something dark occurring during such a festive holiday. The title is also a tongue-in-cheek reference to cr- the Christmas song in 1954 film White Christmas. Okay. So you know the one, uh, what does Chevy Chase say with uh, Bing Crosby and Danny F and K? <laughs> That's right. the White Christmas movie oh, you probably seen never it. heard of it oh okay well it they play it on like um amc all the time but that's okay. that's white christmas so it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek play off that so that fact came from imdb as did the rest of these so that was the first title wait what was the first title black christmas well obviously black christmas is the okay. one that went out the next one stop me this was actually the original title in the script what? well i'm yeah. glad they didn't use that <laughs> do you are gonna like this next one the other title for the film, Silent Night, Evil Night. Ooh, I kid you yeah. not. That's too close with... Right. Uh, although, well, this came out... Way earlier. So this is 1974. decade before yes. the other one. Yes. So upon initial release in the United States, um, it was changed to Silent Night, Evil Night uh, because the American distributor feared that the title Black Christmas might cause the film to be mistaken for a black exploitation flick. Now, you know those. That's like Shaft. That's pretty much every mm-hmm. Pam Greer movie we've ever watched and right. loved. Um, that they were afraid it would be confused with that. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. So, however, the film didn't do as well, as I said, under the new title, and it was changed back to the original Black Christmas. Um, okay. Which we know and love today. Yep. Okay, so another interesting fact. So, reportedly, writer Roy Moore took inspiration for the story from an actual series of murders that took place in Montreal, Quebec, around the Christmas season. Mm. Along with the urban legend, the babysitter and the man upsta- upstairs. Interesting, which I don't know why I got the dates wrong. I thought when a stranger calls, which we all know is the one where the the guy is upstairs with the children and the babysitter's downstairs. She keeps getting these creepy calls. Have you checked the children? I thought this came out around the same time as Black Christmas. No, Black Christmas came out first in 1974. When a stranger calls came out in 1979. Mm. So they kind of copied that part. Okay. So, but I guess it comes back from that urban legend, the babysitter and the man upstairs, the hider in the house. So this is an interesting one because yeah. we're going to be talking about the hiders in the house in this one. Yeah. Oh, this, wait. Can I say something back sure. to um, you saying the um, 
the movie in 79, uh, what was it called? When a Stranger Calls. Yeah, kind of replicating this as well. I uh, Well, the whole idea is that she keeps getting these creepy calls from this guy. She has to finally call the cops and tell them what's happening. They trace the calls. It's coming from inside of the house. Oh, okay. And that's so the famous kind of, line. Yep. It's coming from um, it's coming from inside of the house. I can't remember her name if it was Joyce or if it was... We saw the second one when a stranger calls two and we were laughing really hard when he kept telling calling her name. What are you doing, Joyce? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was. I don't remember. But she's the original one in 1979. It's a great begin. It's a great movie. The first... 25 minutes the rest is just really boring it just drags but okay so that actually came after i had always thought that came around the same time okay so this one i think you're going to find interesting all right clark who's the director of black christmas was also good friends with our lovingly john carpenter i knew that you did know i did know that yep that's where um actually i didn't even look these up um well i must have at some point but um john carpenter got a lot of his uh ideation and um for halloween from bob clark you little jerk. That yeah, was the fact because, that I was um, so excited to tell you. Because here, okay, so having the view, like the mm-hmm. audience being the killer, that point of view, whatever they call that, their psycho was the first one to really do it. And then Black Christmas was... Actually, the, Peeping Tom in the okay. 1950s was the first one. But okay. yeah, you're right. Then Psycho, um, and then Black Christmas, mm-hmm. and then Halloween. Yeah. As far as like the major, like maybe there were other films that tried to replicate that. But as far as the ones that are very well known, um, you know, seeing being the eyes of the killer, it kind of goes, you know. So, yeah, John Carpenter definitely got his ideation you, from Bob Clark. I, I knew so, that. I have been keeping this to myself for really? days. I oh. thought you didn't know that. but I know that. I thought that was so interesting. Come on. I'm a horror movie guru. <laughs> I know you are. So this actually came from mentalfloss.com. And um, so Black Christmas is considered one of the prototypes, exactly what you said, for what would become the slasher genre thanks to its high body count, point of view shots, and the use of the final girl plot device, among other things. But it actually helped influence halloween which we love so it looks like clark and uh john carpenter actually worked together on another project that project was never released but it was during that time that carpenter confessed to clark i absolutely love black christmas and he was wondering if they would do a sequel so clark said he wasn't really interested in uh going back to that territory excuse me but he did offer an idea for what it could be um so this is what clark said it'd be that he was captured after all, he was put in an institution, and the movie would begin the night he escapes. Back in town, and they don't know it yet. And I'm going to call it Halloween. Now, do you believe that part? I don't know if I necessarily believe that Bob Clark was the one who said, I would call this film Halloween. Um, Actually, I do believe that because John Carpenter originally wanted to call Halloween movie the babysitter. Or, yeah, babysitter. Babysitter murder. Babysitter murders, I think. Babysitter mur- murders. Why are we struggling? It's like a play on the babysitter murders. I think, I think so. Yep. Yeah. So yes, that's actually what he wa- wanted originally okay. to call it. And yeah, I think you're right because he didn't originally come up with the name Halloween. Someone gave that to him or someone. So it must have been Bob Clark. I think I read that somewhere as well. So that I just find that that was so interesting and you can totally see it in Halloween. Yep. So. All right. Well, I feel bad. I was so excited to tell no. you that. Hopefully the three titles that I found very interesting. That, yeah. Um, that's not that uncommon. Well, though. Silent Night, Evil Night. Right. People trying to play with that. Um, we will be reviewing Silent Night, Deadly Night soon. So mm-hmm. uh, I think just the the first one. We'll we'll probably skip the rest. Yeah. Um, I'll be doing like the. Uh, yeah, I'll be doing the research for that one. Perfect. Well, and now I just have a little fun fact. Okay. I found this fun. So Art Hindle, he actually plays um, Claire's boyfriend. You remember Claire's boyfriend? He's playing hockey, and he's the one trying to help find her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
In an interview included in the DVD Blu-ray release, which we have, uh, he reveals that the fur coat he wore in the film was in fact his own and it still hangs in his closet today. <laughs> I love that fur coat. Yeah. I uh, He looks so... In, like remember he's just walking around town in this huge fur coat that was actually his oh, okay i just thought that was fun yeah um so that's that those are my interesting facts um oh, okay there's a lot more um there's one that um you know uh, um the main character jess so i can't remember her last name but olivia uh hassan yes i think so she's amazing but she actually uh was told by a psychic to do this film because it was going to make her a lot of money mm. so that that was kind of interesting she like admitted to the director and writer that yeah i actually took this film on because of that no oh. um and there's there's a lot of interesting parts so actually a lot of the cr- like people who appear in the film are a lot of them are actually the crew oh okay you know, yeah like kind of making get even billy oh, so there's okay. one crew member who has a film and he actually made a little gadget where he could put the camera on his shoulder and be able to use both his hands and because of that those scenes where we see billy like even going down the stairs uh or no the ladder that leads from the attic mm-hmm. and you see his hands um and and just anytime he's using both hands uh that's because it's on his shoulder and so that's it's kind of like a cameraman. gopro yeah exactly it's a really Today's early gopro yeah. yeah so that i thought that was really interesting okay so did you find any more facts on like you know the ending or anything like that you or know no? a lot of the facts were well, we'll get into about Billy and Agnes because I have a couple questions for you about that. But I would say that a lot of it was actually just interesting facts about the making. Okay. Yeah. So, for your fir- you ready for your first question? Yeah. Why do we watch this film every year? Why do we watch it every year? Yeah. Why? Why do we? Well, and this could be your overall impression of the film, but it's. I don't have to force you to watch this every year. No. You're gladly ready to say, "Yep, put that on." I mean, yeah, just because of um, how good of a movie it is, you know. Um, again, this is like, regardless of Christmas, like take Christmas completely out of it. Say it was just a random night and this was happening, it would still be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really good slasher movie. And then obviously they put it on a holiday, so that almost kind of makes you want to watch it around that time every year. Um, it's just really well done. I mean... You're never really bored with it. Um, Again, once we do our rating system, you'll find out why we like it. You know, that kind of breaks it down. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's great characters in this. The killer is scary. The kill scenes are great. Um, You know, I think that's why we watch it every year. Mm -hmm. Well, so this actually comes from IMDb, and it leads into another question that's very similar. So according to director Bob Clark, the original script for the film featured murder scenes that were more graphic. Clark, however, felt that it would be more effective if the murders were toned down and kept subtle on screen. Do you think this worked? Was it effective? Did it make the film better? And I think this is very interesting. We don't have to go into a Halloween conversation, but Halloween 1 versus Halloween 2. We've talked about how the kills are a little bit more subtle and tame versus Halloween 2 where it's all just, Michael's just ruthless. Yeah, but it's not like crazy ruthless like Rob Zombie. No, you know what I mean? No, like no, no. I wouldn't say like some people may think Halloween 2 is ruthless. I'm like, come on. Have you seen the zombie movies? I like know. that's going overboard with it's it. It's unnecessary. Halloween 2 isn't yeah. overboard with no, it. It's no. just it's just the right amount, I but think. But it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more in your face. I would say I would say the first one was more subtle and I would say how uh Black Christmas is more subtle. 
Like yeah. it's still scary kill scenes, but yeah. they definitely toned it down. Do you think that that was effective? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it was effective. I mean, I, I still think it was pretty graphic, though, at some points. I do, but I think they were really good at building suspense. I yeah. always keep thinking about the part with Barb where she gets killed by one of her glass figures that kind of has like a spike. I think it's a unicorn horn. Right. And you know what's going to happen. She's sleeping. You know she's going to wake up the moment before it stabs her. Yeah. It's a very good buildup because you hear Billy's creepy voice. And he keeps right. calling her Agnes. And he even says, Agnes, did you tell them what we did? And so you you know, oh, God, something really bad is going to happen. I think this film does a great job. And I think that was his idea to build the suspense and then cut away at the kill scene. We don't see the thing go through her body. I guess mm-hmm. it was the same. They're not trying to be gory. You don't see it necessarily go through her body, but you do see it get pulled out and there's blood. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But it shows more her face of horror. Yep. When yep. it happens. And I think same with Phil. So Phil later on in the film is trying to go find Barb and she goes in Barb's room and she sees something at the corner and she kind of backs away and the door slams. We never see what happens to Phil, right. but yep. we do see Phil later and she's kind of covered in blood and she's with Barb. Yeah. So Actually, to be honest, scenes. there's not many kill scenes, to be honest. No. But. And I think one of the scariest scenes is when Billy grabs Jess's hair. Do you yeah. remember when she's running down the stairs? Yep. And he pulls her hair back. I actually think that's the scariest scene. That is pretty scary. And when Peter is in the basement at the very end mm-hmm. and he keeps walking closer and he goes, Jess, Jess, why didn't you answer me? Jess, what are you doing back there? It's yeah. just really scary. I think the scariest scenes are not the kill scenes. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the suspense leading up to it. Right. And yep. I think. Same thing with uh, what was the other kill scene, which is I think the only other one we didn't talk about is. um. Oh, you know, the Claire's? lady, the caretaker, the lady. Oh, yes. Um, she's going up in the attic, and then you can see Billy. He's he's holding, like, a hook that he eventually, you know, throws the hook at her. Yes. Oh, That's pretty scary because, like, yeah, we it, do- it keeps oh, showing, right. like, his hand holding this hook. So, like, you know he's eventually going to do it, but, like, you don't know when. Yeah. And, and then she turns around, and then he lets go of any... I don't know. It's and right scary. before that, she found Claire, and you can almost tell she's putting it together. Oh my God, Claire's been up here in the attic the entire time, and she's dead. Yep. And she looks around and gets her. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think my I think the scariest kill scene to me might even be Claire's right in the beginning. I think that's pretty scary. I think it is Just too, coming right bag. out of the clothes with the bag. That's pretty scary. Yeah, too. it is. So, yeah. I mean, I I don't think the kill scenes hurt the movie at all. I think it makes it great. To be honest. But I guess the whole thing is, um, do you think that by toning them down a little bit, that, and maybe you're maybe you're arguing, I don't think they were toned down, but do you think that the way, like, if it was a little bit more graphic and gorier, do you think it would have added to the film? Do you think it wouldn't, wouldn't have even changed it? Hmm. And I guess we could talk about how you just define gore, because I would say senseless right. gore, like you said, is like the Rob Zombie me- remake of any yeah. Rob Zombie movie, not even just the remake. Actually, I think the Halloween remakes are tame for him. Right. Compared to some of the stuff he does. Oh, yeah. So I think that's just senseless, gross gore that I'm like, I'm just, you're just doing it to do it. There's no reason. Yeah. Versus maybe when it's actually done well. Like we love, we always talk about we love 80s gore. We love when it's just like a head explodes. Or, yeah. You know, sometimes it's so. I'm kind of glad that they didn't go that route with this. Because I think it kept it more dark and more scary. Yeah. I think if you would have started seeing some limbs flying or something like that, it would have yeah. been more of like, think of like Blood Rage. I was just thinking that. Like, now, it's obviously scary, that's a different time. but it's still like, you're, it's kind of funny it's because funny. they're kind of so ridiculous and, and gory. That would so be I'm a glad good it example. didn't go that route. 
Right. And that would be a good example of like the type of 80s gore that we laugh at and we like. Right. Like when yep. We always talk about the, the doctor when she's cut in half and she's like reaching for her lower half and it's just so ridiculous and yeah. gory. But I love, I think always again, we talk about, I love the artistic nature of it. I love that somebody actually made that mm-hmm. look real and it looks disgusting. Yeah. Somebody definitely. actually did that. It's not CGI. Yeah. So, but I like how, um, I like, I thought the kill scenes were pretty creative, though. I think in so Black too. Christmas. Even, I, I mean, personally, so I think too. they're even a little more creative than Halloween kills. Ooh, even Halloween 1 and 2? Uh, Halloween 1. Halloween 1, yeah. 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 I think they were more creative than that, to be honest. I think they were, too. I think Halloween, that's what I mean. Halloween 2, he gets a little bit more. I think. Yeah, he starts using, I mean, Halloween 1 is great, but, you know, I think almost all of the kills are like just like a strangulation yes i, do I don't think know so too nope, i mean it's scary are. but they are it could you know i think black christmas it uses like different ways to be killed like you know the first one claire with the bag overhead mm-hmm. like that's one really way scary, and then he yeah. uses a hook um for one of the other kills and then for the house mom yeah, yeah. for the house mom um, and then we don't know how phil dies but um, yeah we don't know how phil dies but barb gets it you know with yeah. this sharp object so i don't know he kind of switches it up a little bit no he does um so okay next question now that we're talking about him let's yep. talk about billy who is he where did he come from who's agnes do you feel we have a background story on this one i think there's a background story but i don't i think it's pretty open-ended right and i i also want to point out that even though we've watched this every christmas this is the first time we watched it with subtitles yeah. And we actually got a lot of those conversations. So obviously Billy is the one who is calling the girls constantly, just making obscene messages. And we actually got to like really hear, oh, he said that. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, it was good with the subtitles. It was actually. I highly recommend if you haven't watched it with subtitles, watch it with subtitles. Because he's kind of hard to hear without him. Yes. And you kind of want to know what he's saying. Yes. And I think that because of that, we actually got more of a background story with him and Agnes. Right. Yep. So... And from some of the research I was doing online, and I agree with it, Agnes is definitely Billy's sister. Billy definitely did some really bad things to Agnes. I don't know if Agnes, they keep calling her a baby, but she can clearly, I mean, she's still a baby. She's still a kid. But like, I guess when I first thought baby, I thought, oh, like literally an infant. But no, I think she's probably like three or four years old because she can talk and she says, Billy, no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's that part where he goes into Barb's room and he says, did you tell them what we did? So mm. from what I can gather from online and there's in basically Clark feels like he's given the audience enough of a backstory on Billy. Um, but I and I kind of agree that I we know Agnes is his sister. Uh, how do we know that? Well, because there's the scene where he's talking about they're like, Billy, what did you do? You left you left the baby with Billy. So Billy keeps reiterating basically what we can assume he's heard in experience. So. There's parts where Billy is... Doing how do you know he wasn't a babysitter watching someone's baby? Because I don't... How would we know that that would be it? Well, how would you know that, that that's not it? It's clearly his parents in certain... The, it, he's reiterating what his parents are saying. And Billy has a sister named Agnes. Billy did something very bad to Agnes. Billy eventually kills Ad- Agnes and the parents come home. Now, it's clear that Billy's also getting abused. Yeah, I just don't know how you know it's his sister. Well, they said... They never say You it. left the baby alone with Billy. Right. And it clearly sounds like it's the dad's voice. So Billy keeps like taking on the persona of, we're assuming, his dad, his mom, Agnes, and himself. And they're saying, you know, how could you leave the kid alone with 
the baby alone with so him. So he's saying that to his wife? I think he's saying it to his wife. Of why did you leave Billy alone with the baby? Because obviously they knew Billy was dangerous or something's wrong with him. So in that sense, I can, that's what, so basically, and this is what I looked up online. What we can assume is that that's his sister. He did something very bad to her. And that's what they're saying online too? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's what some of the reasons that people are arguing that he did something very bad and then he was left alone with her and he ended up killing her. Okay. And the parents came home who they believe also abused Billy a lot. Mm-hmm. And then realized, oh my God, he killed the baby. Right. So. Okay. That's that's the backstory that people think we got. I would, after watching it with the subtitles and watching it so many times, I would agree. I think that's the case. Do you, okay. Do you disagree? No, I think that might be the case too. That kind of makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you, this is an argument we've had and I, I just want to see if you still have it. I personally think that Billy has visited the sorority house multiple times because they say at that one point, it's him again. It's the breather. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he, so well, in the beginning of the movie, we see this guy, you just hear him breathing. You don't really see him again. We're getting, like you said, his point of view. He comes, he looks in the window, he sees the party and then he goes all the way to the attic, gets in and then he calls them. Right. Yep. And you almost would assume this is his first time, but I actually think this is multiple times. He knew that that window's open. He knows where to go. He knows that the house mom has a separate phone line and he can call them from that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think he's done it before as okay. well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So... Do you think he comes from an institution? Do you think he's a quote-unquote normal guy? See, now that's the thing that they left open, yeah. which I do kind of like mm-hmm. because in a lot of horror movies, you know, you eventually find out, oh, this guy escaped last night and he's a serial killer and now he's out there. They don't explain anything about they any don't. guy escaping anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not even brought up at all. You're right. There's no They're not looking for flipping. someone. Well, okay. So there are killings in the park. We're going to get to that. That's actually my so, next question. So someone you. is doing those. Um, but there's no like newspaper article, uh, you know, patient escapes mental institution. No. You know, nothing like that. Nope. Nobody's and even aware anything's wrong. Here's the thing too though. So if he's done the calls before, mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's been that long though. Me too. I would I say maybe like over the past week. Yes. Because they wouldn't put up with it for like a year or anything no. like that. I think it is recent. Yes. But... um. But yeah. No, I, I agree with you. So that's the next question. Is the girl in the park who was murdered connected to the stranger in the house? You actually asked me this question and I still don't know if I have an answer. Do you have an answer? I mean, I can say my opinion, but I don't know what the answer is. You'd, we'd actually have to talk to the director to figure that out. I know. So there is a scene, if you haven't seen it, uh, where while they're trying to report that, hey, Claire's missing, we don't know where she is. And of course, the cops are like, yeah, she ran away with a boyfriend. She did this, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, she didn't. She doesn't do this. Her father was supposed to pick her up for Christmas break. He came. She never showed up. So then they want to do a search for her. Well, during that same time, a mother says, my daughter was supposed to come home from band practice. She never came home. It's not unlike her. It's not like her to not come home. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't she call? Why wouldn't she tell me she had a friend? Yep. This is very out of character. Just like Claire. This is very out of character. And of course they think, oh, she might've went to a friend's whatever. So they do a, a like a dual search party where they're going to look for Claire and they're going to see if this little girl is there because it was on the way. So it's basically like the location from school to her home. Mm-hmm. And they end up finding the little girl. We never see her. Right. But we know it's horrifying, whatever it is, because the girl who discovers her just screams and everybody's just sick. Yep. So this little girl was murdered. Do we think Billy did it? Did somebody else do it? Is it connected? Why even mention it? 
Right. I think it's connected, obviously. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a part. And actually, now that you say it. I don't know if it's connected. Here's another thought that I have. Yeah. I bet you, well, this is what I would think, but in the beginning, when we first see Billy, you know, going into the house, I think he had murdered that girl in the park just recently, and now he's getting away. He's hiding out. He's going somewhere to hide from that murder. That could could be as well. That's good. I like that. Um, because I honestly don't think Billy did that. I think Billy would have brought her in the attic. Maybe. Because he pulled the house mom in. He kept Claire up there. Yeah, but maybe he just had to, you know, kind of like Michael Myers. He just needs to, like, kill someone off the bat to just get the juices flowing. Right. No, I think that's a really good... I didn't think about it like that. Right. And knowing that it's a... And if we're going to go with the route, too, where he killed his... Uh, baby sister yeah Agnes. so he can kill pretty much anyone at any age it doesn't matter if they're a, a baby a teenager an adult so knowing that the girl in the park was a teenager and she was like br- brutally murdered like that i think it's totally billy right and it, the fact that it's a woman we know it's uh, like he exactly. hates women clearly yeah, I yeah. Don't, he doesn't kill any guys nope. i don't think no nope. so nope. yeah i think that was i think that was him you want to know something funny I just realized? There's a very low murder count in this movie. There is a low count. I don't yep. think I ever realized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's uh, Agnes, which we never see. The girl in the park, which we never saw. Um, Barb, Phil, and the house mom. And Claire. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, yeah, there's yeah. really not many. But it's very scary. Like, right. Just having such a small kill count, yet it being very terrifying. Yep. Um. So, okay, so that that is a good... I'm glad you brought that up, uh, that he might be hiding up there because of what he did. Right. I think that's really interesting. Um, so the reason I brought up the little girl in the park, I did want to know your opinion about was it Billy. Some part of me thinks it might be Peter. So Peter is Jess's boyfriend. Peter has been under immense pressure because he is in... He He's um, going to... He's trying to be a concert pianist mm-hmm. and he's working very hard to do it. And he has this like huge final. He right in the beginning, we're introduced to him on the phone with Jess. And he says, Jess, I haven't slept for two days. And she's kind of mad at him and he's just kind of out of it. And he's super stressed. And then he finds out that, oh my gosh, Jess is pregnant. But oh, Jess doesn't want the baby and she doesn't want to marry me. Mm-hmm. So his world just kind of falls apart. He also fails his, his recital that he's been working just day and night for. Right. So he's kind of lost it. Okay. Safe to say. So I almost, and Peter is constantly outside. They constantly show scenes of him outside around the house where the girls are. You know what? I realized another person died. The cop died. And that, the reason I'm bringing that up is, so the cop who's supposed to be watching oh, the yeah, house Oh yeah, we never died, saw it. But Peter's outside watching okay. the cop. Okay. So, so there's the, he could have done that. There's an he overlap. Didn't, he didn't kill the, the uh, teenage girl in the park, though, because she was killed before the whole before Peter's breakdown. Mm-hmm. So that obviously was not Peter. Okay. Because how would he kill a teenager before he even knew about all right. this? Right. I would agree right. with that. Okay. Yeah. So that definitely wasn't him. I would him. agree with that. And that would go against, again, I think the opening scene when Billy's, you know, going up into the house, I think he had just committed the crime of the girl in the park. Like, that crime was just committed. So I don't think that was Peter. Okay. What about the cop? He's literally watching the cop from outside the house. And he, I don't think he, he knows he can't get to the house as long as that cop's there. Right. Do you think he killed the cop? I mean, I guess my only thought would be, if you think he killed the cop, why did he do it? First of all. 
I think he's lost his mind. I mean, I think, I mean, a part of me. So then do you think he's the killer? I guess would be my other question. Well. Because he's not going to just kill a cop and that's it. Right. And from what I could see, so on IMDb, they have the goofs, like film goofs, like mistakes they made. And one of the ones they said is they have Peter find Jess in the basement. He breaks open the window at the very end and tries to get Jess. They're like, that's a goof because why would he know, A, she's in there? And B, why would he go that way to get in there? Why wouldn't he go through the front door? Why well, the front he... door's locked. Not necessarily, because remember, she's ready to leave, but she has to. She's trying to wait for Phil and Barb. I think the front door's locked, though, because remember, there's like some taxi guy who tries to come in, and he's banging on the door, and he can't get in, trying to get the... No, I don't know if he necessarily... No, no, no. That's when the uh, house mom was trying to leave. Right, but I That think... was well before. Yeah, but I don't think he tried to get in the front door, because... I don't think he could. But why would but. he break open a window to get in to see Jess? And he's so calm. It'd be different if he's like, are you okay? What's wrong? But he's more like, Jess, what are you doing? Why are you hiding? Why didn't you answer me? What's yeah. the matter? No, and he won't yeah. leave her alone. It is interesting. Now, I f- don't get me wrong. I feel bad for Peter. I think Peter's had a tough break. Like literally his entire world just got turned upside down. Yeah. And everything's out of his control, right? Yeah. So... So there's no information on this author, though? I mean... Not even from, like, the writer or the director? I mean, the director or? feels that he gave enough of a backstory of Billy, but there's a re- there must have been a reason why he made Peter such an overlap. Now, I get... We got to look on uh, Reddit. I Reddit will underst- have the answer. I, <laughs> it will. I can understand why he wanted the overlap at first to be like, oh, because I want you to think it's Peter, who's upstairs, not Billy. Right. Peter is Billy. But it's that last scene where he breaks through is just too much of an overlap. Do you know what I'm saying? It's too. No normal person does that. No normal person. Unless they literally think you're in trouble. Nowhere do we think that Peter thinks Jess is in trouble. Why she's hiding in the basement. Now, if he was like, oh, my God, I saw someone in the house. Someone's trying to kill her. I'm going to break through that window and get her out of there. Nowhere do we see anything like that. He just goes ahead. How does he even know she's in there? Because right. remember, he's walking around and everything's kind of foggy and he has to kind of clean the glass. Yep. That is such abnormal behavior. So now, this I understand is, he's lost it. Yep. But that's a very violent thing to do is to break open the window. And then he's very calm about it, though. Jess, what are you doing? So why this is there? why we love the movie so much because mm-hmm. I think what the the director and the writer, what they've done is they put you on a roller coaster. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's a very good point. You know, in the beginning, you have an idea of of what this killer, you know, is capable of and who it could be. And then, you know, there's parts where you're like, oh, no, maybe it's this guy. And then another scene shows up. You're like, no, it's not him. Mm -hmm. So they they really do put you on a roller coaster. So I think that's when he goes into the basement to go after Jess. I think that's, a you know, one of the hills on the roller coaster where he's like, all right, and now I'm going to make the audience think it is Peter. And he did a very good and job of that. he did a that. very good job. And then I would say the only, I guess, the end of the roller coaster or another hump, really, of the roller coaster is at the end. The end scene. is We need to get to the end scene. Yes. We need to talk about that because Peter's cl- clearly killed in the basement from Jess. Jess yes, she kills killed him. him. Right. Well, at the end, someone is still up in the attic. Right. And I had forgotten the part... I th- okay, so I thought that the phone just rings at the end, and I'm like, well, that could be anybody calling them. I got to admit, this last time, we have seen this film so many times, yet this last time, I was convinced Peter was the killer. I know you were, I and was I wasn't. convinced. I know, because I was the, like, no, the end scene made me even, think it wasn't. So there's a scene, it's, oh, God, 
I said that the scariest scene was when he pulled her hair, Jess's hair. I take that back. That's the second scariest scene. The first scariest scene is when you see Billy's eye through oh, yeah. the door. Definitely. And it's the first time we see Billy, and it's terrifying. Well, I looked at his eyes. They're blue-green. Peter has blue-green eyes. Yep. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, it's him. Now, when you read the review of the film, unlike IMDb, tons of crewmen. I think it was just a coincidence, honestly, that that guy had bluish-green eyes like him. Because if it was Peter, that would have been Peter's eyes. But they literally said crew stepped in and played Billy on multiple scenes. Right. And the thing is, too, if you look at some of the movie covers, I mean, I've seen some movie covers where his eyes are green and some where they're brown. Right. You know, I actually, when we first saw, I, I thought they were brown and then I ma- made us rewind it, look at it. I was like, oh my God, no, see Josh, I'm right. They're blue green, they're blue green. Yep. And so was Peter's. But then when I was doing the research on the film and I'm like, oh, they literally had like five guys. Here's play, the thing. I wouldn't Billy. be surprised. And actually we should look this up. Did Peter actually play Billy in the movie? So I, I wouldn't I be, su- I never saw that. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually used him to be Billy in the movie because he looks very I mean you, you whenever you see parts of Billy even in the shadows I mean he looks really like Peter he's wearing a very similar turtleneck and he has a very similar hair I wouldn't be surprised if he actually played him in the movie I don't nowhere where I saw and I'm looking up that nowhere does it say that he stepped in and, and played not Billy. even like on the the cast no no there's no one for Billy Tell, what I found is that multiple crewmen who were on the crew cameramen played Billy. Oh, so, so more than one person more played him. More than one person played him. Really? That's yeah, so weird, though, because he looks the same weird. in this. He's like skinny in all the scenes. That I was don't the know 70s. about that. Everybody looked the same. No, I don't know. But um, huh. he, remember I told you it was the one guy, whenever it was the scenes of him walking, it's always the guy with who created that little, like you said, the little GoPro of the 70s. Okay, yeah. That was him. But the guy with the wind with the uh, door being partly open, that's just another like that's camera. That's just another guy, room. yeah. I mean, Tons if you think of about it. on set played extras in this film. If you think about it, um, the original Halloween, I think three people, at least three people played Michael Myers. It's so interesting. That must have just been like the normal thing to do. I mean, they probably didn't have a big budget. Right. And they were like, can you just do this scene where like yeah. his hand appears in here? And it, But it's so great. But it's just so funny. They just happened to pick someone who had very similar eye color to Peter to even like add to it. But from what I can see is the comic consensus is it is not Peter. Yeah. And I, I think we can agree. Like I know in, I was going to say, I know in my heart, <laughs> I know that it's not Peter. I think you almost me, don't want it to be Peter see, I anyways. I wish it was Peter. Really? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think, but I like it, that would have been too cut and, uh, too cut, what is it? Too cut and dry? Too cut and dry. Yeah. You already know who it is. Yeah. But going back to the ending scene. So I wanted to talk about that, which you said. Um, so like you said, Jess kills Peter. They, uh, she's in bed. They give her some type of, not a tranquilizer, but something to calm her down and to help her sleep for a couple hours. Her family's on the way. Oh, this is so scary. All the cops are there. Uh, the news crew's outside. And basically everybody leaves thinking, well, you're going to stay behind and watch Jess, right? And the doctor's like, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on her. Well, then Mr. Harris, who is Claire's dad, who pretty much at this point has like realized, come to the conclusion, my daughter is dead. We don't know where her body is, but it's very likely there was a killer here she's dead so he faints and the doctor's like we need to get him to a hospital so they go pretty much everybody leaves the house i think there's one cop left but he's outside watching the door Mm -hmm. so jess is all by herself in the in the house which is so scary and we hear and this is where i thought oh no no it's um you're just gonna hear a phone call it's i didn't remember that no billy actually is upstairs and he says something but then i thought no that's just 
an echo of something he said no. before. You know what I mean? Like how that's just like playing back of something he would have said, but there is a shadow. Yeah. Well, plus the, the door closes. Someone, when, when the camera goes up to the, up the ladder and the door's like open a little bit and then the door closes. So oh, someone's closing it. I didn't know that. Yeah. But um, there's the part where he walks, his shadow walks across the, the house mom. That too. Yeah. And then he says something and then you're like, oh, no, Billy's upstairs. And then yep. the phone rings. Um, there's also, which I, it's so funny. That's why I love watching this movie over and over. I never noticed that when Jess and Phil are on the call, are on the phone with, um, uh, what is it, Lieutenant Fuller, they, they're talking. And when it keeps showing Phil listening to Jess in the background is Billy. He's he's a shadow in the background. Remember yeah. I saying, oh yeah, my that God, was he's scary. a shadow man. Yep. Like he is literally in the background watching them. Never noticed it. Yep. horrifying movie there are so many things that are scary about this movie each time we watch it i feel like i get more afraid but i was convinced that i was going to prove you wrong and say no it's peter okay i have another that just made me think of something okay of why it's not peter again a, another uh more evidence of why it's not peter why is that? if it was peter he would have just came down from the attic that's a good point. Why would he? Well, why would no. he kick in? Why would he try to get in from outside through he, the basement? Why would tell he? You ju- why? why would he just come would down the like old same way if he was a killer? Would you like to know why? Yeah, because she locked the door. She locked the door to the basement. He couldn't get in. Remember, Billy's screaming. He's making like a scene. He sounds so terrifying. He's throwing all these things. He's trying to get through the door. She locks it with that. I'm surprised he can't even break through it. Oh, because yeah, he you're right. He's trying to get in. Then he stops, and the door closes okay you're it's, right okay i'm sorry but it so in my head i still believe that peter did something whether he just killed that cop or something but the door closes the front door closes mm-hmm. and then and then he just appears outside. outside yeah yes. you're right so that could have been Gosh. like imdb said it literally was a goof and they might you know clark might say i don't care that it doesn't make sense it made you think it was peter and that's right. what i want right but he does close the door and it sounds, now maybe it's another door in, in the house, but we just assumed it's the front door. And then all of a sudden we see outside Peter's yeah. shadow and he's calling Jess. Jess, mm-hmm. like he already knows she's there. Right. It's just interesting. Here's I, another weird scene too, though. Um, or not scene, but a uh, thought. Um, so there is a, well, there is a scene where Peter is like sitting outside by a tree in the snow. Remember that? That's the one where I think the cop's out there and I think he's watching the cop okay yeah no that's the scene i'm talking about where i'm like why he knows he can't get in that house as long as that cop's there so i feel like billy though after you know the opening is scene Peter agnes is that what you're gonna ask no no no, 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 I'm no. Kidding. i was gonna I'm say kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um the opening scene when he's climbing up into the attic i yeah. think ever since from that scene on billy's in the house the entire time He's not in and out of the house. We don't know. That's I what I know. think. You think that, but how do we know? Because he know if that's not his first time in the very beginning, if that was not his first time getting in the house. But he's constantly making calls inside the house, even like during like Peter's recitals and like when Peter's out of the house, calls are coming in. I got a question. It's clearly not Peter. Okay, I got another twist for you that we didn't even think about. That little girl who died, that mom comes the same day that they're reporting Claire's missing. And she definitely went to school in the morning of that day. She didn't come home. Okay. But Peter hasn't had a freak out yet. I'm not talking about Peter. I'm talking about Billy. I think Billy does leave the house. 
If you think that Billy killed that little girl in the park, then you have to believe that he leaves the house because that little girl went missing when everybody was there in the police department reporting Claire. And again, the mom says, it's not like her to not come home. She was supposed to go to school and go to band practice. She was supposed to come home. She never came home. Where is she? I'm sure she's doing this. I'm sure she's doing that. Well, that night they do the search party because they're like, okay, now we have two girls are reported missing in the same central area. Mm. We need to do a search. So she was killed in the afternoon. I think Billy leaves the house. She was killed in the afternoon. I think he does leave the house. And I think that that first scene of them saying, it's him again, the breather. I think he comes in that house. I think he comes and goes as he pleases. Hmm. Okay. Could be. But I don't know where he's coming from. Yeah. Right, yeah, he's got to be coming for, again, this is a man. This is a human being who needs to eat, who needs mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom. Where is he doing all this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But, so, that's interesting. Wow, there's so much you could unpack on this film. Yeah. We well, like, because thinking about it that way, you're like, I mean. It, Sounds more like Peter, right? It, it could be Peter. If he's a normal guy who can just flip a switch, mm-hmm. you know. We don't know anything about Peter's background. We don't know. Right. He, did he have a sister? Yeah. We don't know. Now, but. I the think ending the common, scene. yes, the common consensus around everybody who loves this film is saying, look, it's not Peter. Right. And I would agree. I think, again, at the the very end where we see the shadow, like you said, he closes the little door on mm-hmm. the attic and we hear him and the phone rings. It's not Peter. Peter's, yeah. Peter was killed. Someone else. But wow, Clark does such a good job of making me. I, it's so funny. We've seen this yeah. so many times. And I literally was like, no, Josh, this time I'm going to prove to you. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> and, okay. Peter. So this will go out to, and again, me and you love Halloween movies. We do. We love, we love our Mikey we Myers. We love John Carpenter. Yep. Love and John we love Carpenter. his style. But, you know, you'll see a, a lot of threads out there where John Carpenter's Halloween did it the best. I would disagree. And I would say Bob Clark did better with Black Christmas than John Carpenter did with Halloween. I would agree with that. There's way more to unpack with Black Christmas and Halloween. Way more. You can't unpack Halloween until Halloween 2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and he didn't even want to do Halloween too. Exactly. I agree with that a hundred percent. That I mean it's a great movie. I love Halloween. But I'm just saying there is no, way I, more to unpack with Black Christmas. I would say, you know, Black Christmas kind of I think we're gonna have to do Halloween up. soon because we keep bringing up Halloween one and two and we're gonna have to definitely explain why we think two is superior. Oh um, in the Halloween series, yeah. Yes, I, yes. I mean I would I d I wouldn't I don't think I'd say Halloween two is better than Black Christmas. No, 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 no. I'm not but, saying that I'm saying compared to one and two. Yeah. And why we yep. re-rate it so hard. No, I, I would agree with you. I actually think Black Christmas is better. Uh, but it's cool to know that it paved the way for such a great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film is amazing. So last question, then we'll get into the ratings. Uh, so where does this film fall? On, well, I think you actually just answered that. Now, it's it's not in this category, but I think I'm going to know the answer to your... No, I'm going to know. Yeah, I'm going to know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does this film fall on Christmas horror movie classics? So Silent Night, Deadly Night, One and Two, Gremlins, uh, the Krampus, 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 yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, to All Good Nights. I don't know if I count that, but I know. Ugh, it's not really. It's not scary. It's not good. There's um, some scary Christmas Evil that should be on there. Christmas Evil. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't name all of them, but like right. from the the Christmas horror movies we've seen, um, and this is not counting like movies that take place around winter so i'm not talking about no. uh, rats or iced which we will be doing soon i'm so excited rats. there's there's nothing like iced or um, rats or rats aka deadly eyes uh, i cannot wait to do that one there is so i bet there's so many interesting facts about that that we don't even know because we know a lot of I interesting facts so. about that but uh where does it fall 
number one. Yeah, I was going to say, so you kind of answered that the other one. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my 100%. favorite number one movies as a slasher, not even the not holiday even, season. Yeah. So yeah. it's clearly number one. But I love how this film, to me, at the very beginning with the girls and they're having the party and there's the Christmas lights, and they're listening to Christmas music and it's just so warm and cozy. And it's mm-hmm. like that, that's what you feel about Christmas. It's just this wonderful time of year. It's, oh, we're going to listen to Christmas music. We're going to have fun with friends. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to have a good time. And it's just this wonderful time to be together. And then horrible things happen. Yeah. It's just such a good But there setup. are still some funny moments to it. Like Barb like bring has some funny She's scenes. She's amazing. Yeah. You know, to like kind of lighten the mood a little bit. She is fantastic. Um, actually, I think I like all the girls. I, it was funny. We were talking about Jess. Jess is a little bit of a bee. Yeah. She really, I almost didn't care if she was going to get killed. I think I love the actress so much that right. I'm like, oh, Jess is okay. But really, I just like the actress. Um, Jess is a Jess is a very selfish person. She, oh, definitely. She knows Peter is working very hard and doing all these things. And she just says, um, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm not going to have your baby. And I don't really love you. And I don't want us to be together. It's very just. But she does it right when he's like going to take this exam. She knows he's been working. She just kind of makes it always about her. And not only that, but it's right around Christmas. It is. And it's just like, Jess, could you like maybe talk about this after like after i don't know it's just she, yeah no she's very agree. concerned about I feel the jess. same way about jess her. cares about jess and what jess is doing yep and it's very sad because that's why i always feel a little sympathetic for peter because i do think deep down he's trying to just be a good guy and you know he's saying like he's I trying to so do the too. noble thing yeah. he's saying hey you got pregnant okay i'm going to quit this this school I'm going to get a good job and I'm going to take care of you and we're going to have this baby. And she says, well, no, I want to do all these things. He's like, no, I'm not saying you can't do those things. I want you to continue school. I want you to do these things. I'm just saying, let's do it together. Mm -hmm. No, Peter, I don't want to be with you. Yep. And it's like, ooh, okay. Like, it's just so cruel. Like, how long have you been with this person? You've clearly been very intimate with this person. And it's just, she's very selfish. Yeah. So I think I just love the actress. Love, love, love her, just not the character. Uh, I think actually if I had to choose the best character, I love Phil. I think Phil is just yeah. that kind, you know, just I just want everybody to get along. Yeah. And I love Phil because yeah. she always laughs at Barb's inappropriate jokes. And that mm-hmm. is something that I find so endearing about Phil. Like she just always like, she knows Barb's being a drunk and inappropriate, but she can't help but laugh at her antics. And I think actually Barb and Phil are my two favorite characters. Nice. Because we get a little backstory about Barb. With her, we were watching the subtitles and we got to actually hear the conversation she's having with her mom and her mom totally dips out on her for a guy. Yeah. And says, you're not coming for Christmas this year because I'm going to go to the Alps with this guy. Good luck. And she's just like, you little whore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I think I love Barb too. So I think. Yeah. Th- again, really good characters. Really good characters. Um, and honestly, really great acting. All I, I really like uh, Detective Fuller. I know he's I like him. Best. I don't oh, know. He's just he like. Is. He's like doing his job. Yes, like he, is. he wants to really find out who this is, and I don't know. I, I kind of like that. I think he's really good. The only thing I don't like about him, I love him, but the only thing I don't like is they keep saying, "Jess, you got to keep him on the phone longer." What's the matter with you? And right. Like, Billy's saying these horrifying things to Jess, and Jess is just so horrified on the phone. Well, he's she just re- he's just relaying that from the phone guy though. The phone guy is telling him, "Hey, she's got to have him on longer." So it's he's so like, like, "Okay, I guess I'll tell her to have him on longer." Yeah, right. And it's like it's how the phone guy telling on longer. I don't know. But so I agree. I love Doc or uh, Lieutenant Fuller. I think I think there's so many good characters. I actually like Claire's dad too, Mr. Harris. Yeah. I think yep. he's perfect. He's definitely that dad who sees, Oh my god, I sent my daughter to college. She's 
with a boyfriend. She's got this nudity on her wall. She's doing all these like liberal art things. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of like his worst nightmare. And he's like, I didn't send my daughter to college to drink and date. It's like, <laughs> well, sir, I don't know how <laughs> what you expected her to do. But um, no, that that's a, it's a great cast, great acting. So do you mind going through the rating okay. and we yep. can rate this one up? Although I think I know yeah, what we're going to rate it. This one Me is. Too. Okay, so opening title. Um, I so I guess we're saying, so the way we've been doing it is uh, we've been doing a yes or no, as in yes, it's good, or no, it, it doesn't really fit or work right. well. Um, and then at the end, we're counting up the yeses and the noes to kind of get our point system. Right. No, and I think that's right. So okay. opening titles, I believe that's the beginning of the house where they're playing the carols, and then you just kind of see this what was it, ominous figure. I'm trying to think when it when the title so opening title is really when the title of the movie pops up. I think it's right when it shows the house with all the lights. I think so too. Mm-hmm. So and I think well, the reason I like it is because that sets where it's like this merry, wonderful place, and it's these young uh, college kids having fun, having a party, but there's this figure looming in the background. So I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, script, creativity, characters, does this fit the genre? Yeah. Yep. I would say uh, performances. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think I know where this film's going. Yep. Um, camera skills. You got to say yes obviously. because the guy made like the first official GoPro, like you said. Right. Yeah. Yep. Set the scene and for a lot of future films. It started that all. Um, soundtrack. You know, there's actually not much of a soundtrack. No, it's Christmas carols. I mean, they got that part where the kids sing the Christmas carols at the beginning. They're they're playing Christmas carols. I don't even... I don't think there is one. I don't think there is. So it doesn't have like I a... Mean, it doesn't really have there's a... There's definitely sound effects though because I believe when she finds that... When the the officer is... What is it? Officer Nash? Sergeant yeah, Nash? Sergeant Nash. He's kind of the funny cop um, that they say to him, you got to get Jess out of the house. Do not screw this up because that's when they realize, oh my God, the calls are coming from inside the house. And he tries his best, but he doesn't succeed. And I'm pretty sure when he says something like... Jess, you got to get out of the house. The calls are coming from inside the house. It's kind of that, like, boom. Yeah. So there are good sound effects. I'm going to say no to a soundtrack, though. No, Because there no is no soundtrack to, to it. Nothing. I mean, like, think of some of the ones, you know, like Friday 13th. Amazing mm-hmm. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like, the theme song mm-hmm. is just so kick-ass. This just does not have one. I agree. So that's where it's a no, I, I would say. Um, editing skills? Well, that's an interesting one. I think the editing's done well, but you could say actually the editing makes a lot of mistakes because we are convinced that Peter is the killer at the end. Well, I guess the editing skills would have to do with some of the kill scenes too. Like yeah. when they cut certain ones, like do they cut do they cut it at the right time to where it's still scary yeah. or do they show too much or do they show too little? I don't, I think they do. I think I they think built it's good. suspense so well. Again, yeah. that scene where he pulls Jess's hair and the scene with his eye, very well done. Yep. How are the kill scenes? That's a Yes. I they're amazing. Say. Although there's not many of them, but yeah, there's not many, but they're done. <laughs> if you could say they're done classy, like it's a, it, they're done well. That it's it's not overkill. And right. It's not underkill. How suspenseful. They, they make you use your imagination a little. How suspenseful or oh, horrific. Hundred percent yep. suspenseful. How scary is the killer? Oh my god, we don't even know who he really he's is. I think creepy. he's terrifying. Is there a backstory and how does it hold up? What do you think? I gave you that backstory that I, I agree with the backstory that I found on the internet and after watching it with subtitles that I, I agree that that's the backstory of Billy. 
Yeah, I think it's it's not cut and dry, but it's not completely like what the hell's the backstory. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good. I like that. I do. It's too. not giving you everything, but it's not giving you nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and if that is the case, if he is this crazy guy who did kill his baby sister it is strange but you know some horror movies do kind of use something like that where this kid kills his sister so i don't think it's that far off i just realized too that that was perfect with halloween i love how this film adds up to halloween um another thing you know what's interesting jess and peter don't have a backstory and they're like the two main characters barb and billy have a backstory we get a little bit of barb's character development that's why i like her so much so i think there's an there's enough i think it holds up yeah yeah um Just, how is the end scene i mean amazing yeah yeah it's it's what you want it, it's up in the air but um it kind of keeps it going you know what i mean yeah. like he's yeah. still out there they yeah. could have made a sequel i like that yeah um so um and then would you recommend this to other horror movie watchers a hundred percent if you haven't right? seen yeah. it you know if you've seen it five times watch it six or seven well yeah and watch it with subtitles i would recommend watch actually, it with subtitles yeah because you actually there's surprising how much you actually miss so i would say we got all yeses except one so is it a nine out of five or excuse me a nine out of ten i guess so yeah. i think it is and i you guess know it's what? a nine out of ten i would argue with you and say no it's a ten it's a perfect film but you're right there is absolutely no mm. soundtrack there is no there's soundtrack no and and if that and I don't know maybe someone doesn't care about a soundtrack. This is just within I our rating system. I, I like soundtracks. I do too. Personally, I think but. that soundtracks are important, and I think there's enough horror movies with kick-ass soundtracks that that should be a category. Right, and it does yep. add to the film. So as much as I love Black Christmas, and I would have told you five minutes ago that this was a ten out of ten, I actually agree with that. I think it's a nine out of ten, and it's just for that small part. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's perfect rating. So we give it a nine out of 10. I love that I said nine out of five. I think I'm thinking nine to five work day. Um, before we sign off and I'm sorry, this has been a long one, but hopefully you've enjoyed a nice Christmas, uh, themed podcast. Uh, the bells have finally stopped, but they were beautiful. Hopefully you heard them in the background and you enjoyed them, but we're not too distracted by them. Uh, this is probably our longest one, but I definitely think it deserved its time. One thing we want to do, and we're probably going to start adding this to the podcast, we're doing a little fact checking. Turns out sometimes we say things on the podcast that are not true, and we want to make sure we clarify. Um, but we want to make sure everything's authentic the first time you hear it. So mm-hmm. uh, we did a little fact checking. Uh, the last episode of uh, Bloody Birthday, we had said, we had asked, we had a couple of questions about the solar eclipse and these these kids, well, did it just happen? You know, how long does the solar eclipse happen? And did it just happen in this, you know, in this town uh, why did why in this town were these only kids affected if the solar eclipse happens everywhere? Well, one of the questions we had said was, well, how often are babies born? And I think we said a baby's born every minute and 30 seconds. My bad. It's okay because we're fact checking. We would like to correct ourselves. Uh, a baby is born every eight seconds in the United States. Yes. Yes. So just to fact check that. And then we had said, okay, well, how long does the solar eclipse last? And this is actually, I think, adds to the story a mm-hmm. little bit. It does. Um, we said maybe a day. We didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but according to space.com, a solar eclipse will last about seven minutes and 31 seconds, sometimes shorter. Yeah. So we're probably going to add a little bit of that section if, if we get something wrong. If we talk about a scene and we get it wrong. Or we'll just we, correct ourselves. We just That's correct all. ourselves. But you probably won't hear it in that episode. You'll hear it the episode after. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we like to keep it authentic. We like to just kind of, you know, go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you guys are liking that. 
We thank you so much. We saw a bunch of downloads and we so appreciate you guys listening to us. We hope that you're liking it. Again, um, you know, remember to visit our website and to leave us comments and to also uh, just, you know, let us know if you have a film review you'd like us to do. Um, and we just appreciate your time and we wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Anything else you'd like to add, Josh? I'm sorry I took the... No, you're fine. Just, uh, yeah, if you guys ever, if you come across movies, again, we know a lot of movies out there, but we're constantly coming across like underground ones that we haven't seen before. Um, so yeah, send them over. And if you have any other ideas of, of a movie that we should review, um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, and we do like to keep it, um, you know, early it seems like we've been doing a lot of 70s and 80s but if you have one that you're like no no, this recently came out and you are really gonna like this they they do it right um because we do have a problem with more recent horror movies it seems like they're just very they're just they're missing this yeah the character development they're missing uh, all these interesting things that we're talking about on these podcasts um it just seems like it's just about gore not about story not about character development and those are things we love so um but that's not to say that films haven't been made recently that right are amazing and also i'd be interested if anyone can find some really early ones like before Ooh. before the 70s like 50s and 60s obviously we all know like psycho mm-hmm. um i mean I psycho get, i don't i don't know any other ones to be honest i so. have to get josh to watch peeping tom yeah you know like creature from the black lagoon yeah you know, sure like those um Oh, those other ones. Yeah, we those black there's a lot ones. of the Gosh, creature we ones. So much Godzilla. Yeah, there's like ants and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, as far as slasher ones, though, if yeah. you can think of any 60s slashers um, or early 70s slashers, um, let us know. Yeah, because we'd love to watch it and review it. We'd also like to know what you think. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for listening. And, yeah, like Olivia said, um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And uh, talk to you soon. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning into our podcast, Monsters, Masks, and Mommy Issues. Be sure to check out our website at monstersmasksandmommyissues.com. Please subscribe and listen to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts, and make sure to leave a review. Tune in next time for another film review, and if you have a film that you'd like us to review, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Monsters, Mass, and Mommy Issues, and leave us a comment.